Hi, this is Dan Corver, uh, pastor here at Dalton Hill Baptist Church. <clears throat> we're a small Baptist church located in Owasso, Oklahoma. We're small enough to know you, but we're big enough to serve you and for you to serve as well. Our vision is to rescue, restore, and return to service. Rescue a non-believer or a believer who has been hurt or is lost. Restoring them to Christ in fellowship with other believers with the desire that they in turn will help others along their way. If you remember, we've been going through the... Uh part basically I said for a New Year's resolution is we want to be Christ-like. What does that entail to be in Christ-like? If you remember our key verse, I'll give it to you again out of the Amplified Bible, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. It won't be the text today, but this is our purpose, remember? <clears throat> Paul is speaking, for I, my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding more strongly and more clearly, that I may know in the same way come to know the powerful outflowing from His resurrection, that I may share in His sufferings as to continually transform into His likeness unto His death. And so that's what we want to do. It's a, it's a time in which we are getting to know Him more and more deeply, and that's what we look at. If you remember, we talked about, I think for a lot of us, it's kind of like when Tom Landry was asked that question, which I gave, has given you several times, basically how he was a successful coach. And he said, I'm trying to get people to do what they don't want to do to achieve what they've always wanted to achieve. And so how many of us are wanting to be like Christ? Okay, then we're going to have to do some things we don't necessarily want to do. And that's what we're looking at, the different ones. If you remember the first week was kind of introduction. We talked about with the, on the first of all, we have to come to the salvation, personal experience with him. Then we have different partnerships we work with, the Holy Spirit, the Scripture. Uh, fellow believers and working with them but it also comes down to it's a diet what do we take in and then our personal discipline if you also remember then we looked at a little bit about the uh, intimacy with Christ growing deeper with him it's a personal desire which I read from the scripture that we should be doing but we also have dangers if you remember we don't know we depart we're deceived or we drift away and those things all are very easy but we have to basically allow Scripture to examine us, and then through exercise we get to that place. If you remember last week, we looked a little bit about the simplicity, the uncluttering our life. And if you remember, there's five things that seem to really get us saying yes to too many things. Any of you ever say yes to too many things? Uh, or you don't plan to relax. We just keep going, 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 and then you basically... Uh, we think there's only two options, rest out or wear out, but there's a, there's a third option. We need to look at that one. Also, they think, don't take time to enjoy something. You've accomplished something, we immediately go to the next task. Never really enjoy it. Uh, we're in debt, so we have to run off doing work, 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 because we have too much debt. Or we're captive to the own technology, the own life we've come. You ever wonder how we made it without microwaves and cell phones? and all these other gadgets that we have. And we say we want a simpler life, but then do they control us or do we control them? And we were looking at that last week, and now I think we also, just the luring of different things, to really take a look. Is this really what God wants, or is this Satan putting a temptation out there to lure me in? It's a trap. And then obviously being plugged into a local church. Today I'd like to look at the, just for a title, would be Solitude, Silence and service. 
many years ago, Dan Rather was interviewing Mother Teresa. I wish I could have seen the interview. Anyway, this is what was said. Dan Rather was talking to her, and he said, uh, basically, you're a woman of prayer. Uh, what do you say to God when he uh, in prayer? She said, I don't, I listen. He was kind of taken back, and he said, okay, what does God say to you? She said, he doesn't, he listens. <laughs> and he looked at her real strange, and he goes, yeah. she said, if I have to explain that to you, then I can't explain it. And there's a lot of truth to that. A lot of truth to that. And I think it's important for all of us to really recognize, I remember uh, Don many times has made different statements. The Lord told me this week, well, it's not an audible, but you know it in your own mind. Are you listening? And so I think it's important for us to really stop and think about the solitude, the silence, and then service. First of all, sight and service. Let me give you just from Scripture. You don't have to turn to these because we know them well, but I'll give you. There's a difference. In Isaiah 55 and verse 8, God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. As high as the earth is from the heaven, so are what? So right from the beginning, we have to recognize if we're wanting to have an intimate relationship with Him, it is going to be foreign to us. We are going to have to totally change what we have. Those of you that are married, you thought it was different. Guys think differently and women think differently, right? Hey, we're going to a totally new realm now. God's ways are not our ways. That's First of all, there's the difficulty. You know, the destiny, I think we also need to think about when talking to sight. Jeremiah 29, what is he speaking to Israel? But I think it also applies to us. He says, I, I have made plans for you, not for what? Not basically not to destroy you, but to bring you hope. That's the same for you and I. He's, not, he's out here to help us. But then in the, verse 13 it says what? Search me and you'll find me when you what? Search for me with your whole heart. Now, how many of us want God's ways, but are really searching with our whole heart? His ways are different than ours, and we're going to have to really work at it. You have to think about it, so we have a difference. The destiny, He has a great destiny for us. We have to dig for it. In Proverbs, it's interesting, in, in chapter 2, we saw a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, remember, He says to His Son, you need to search for Him as treasures, he makes this statement, if you seek for her as silver, search for his hidden treasures, then you'll discern the Lord. It reminds me a great deal about the, in Arkansas, how many of you ever been over there digging for diamonds? But they have a place over there you can dig for them. Why don't we go? Our answer is normally going to be what? Because <coughs> it's already, everything's been dug up and there's nothing to be found. That's what most of us are going to say. <coughs> Why is it a couple of years ago somebody dug up to over a two-carat diamond from there? Most of us are that way when it comes to the Word of God or anything else. There's nothing else to dig up. I can just find out what somebody else has done. I can look at it. There's nothing to find. The Word of God is full. We'll never get it all. No matter how many lifetimes we have. And I think it's interesting. We did, obviously, we had our desire at the end. We really want to become more intimately acquainted with the Lord. It's a lifetime experience. Paul was still pursuing it even at the end of his life. I want to think about it and see an example. And so notice our sights and our service. Is our sight really, I want to be doing God's way 
in God's things. Well, then that's different than what I am made up. I have to make a total a transformation on how to do that. It reminds me, how many of you ever heard of the person by the name of Lord Archie Canterbury? He financed a great trip. He paid for Dr. Howard Carter, a British archaeologist, to go dig. And they were digging in the Royal Valley, and every archaeologist said, there's nothing left. We've been digging in that valley for years and years and years. There's nothing left. So here this archaeologist has dug for six years and has found nothing. Literally tons and tons of dirt and has found nothing. Just like everybody said. There you go. November of 1922, after six years of digging, he opened a hole and the Lord said to him, Do you see anything? And he said, I see all kinds of images with gold on everything. It took him then 10 years to uncover and over 3,000 items. But everybody else said what? There's nothing left to find. How many people are saying the same thing about the Word of God? <coughs> we and I are told to dig and to search. I want you to think about that. What are your sights on? And are you digging or you wait for somebody else to dig it up? I think it's an important question. So first of all, what's my sights on? Do I really want to know the Lord? And if I am... Am I going to do the digging? Or do we expect everybody else to dig it and then I re read what they say? The second thing I want to look at is solitude and service. And if you would, turn over to Mark chapter 1. And the reason I say solitude and service, and if you remember the key verse for Mark is in Mark 10, 45. If you remember, the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. It's showing Jesus as a servant. And it's amazing, Mark, obviously the <coughs> shortest of the Gospels. But when you get in chapter 1, it's, uh, he does everything in, in succession. If you'll notice in verse, I'll just give you some ver the wor uh, word immediately. Notice verse 10. Immediately, talk about the baptism. 12, immediately he leaves. He calls John and uh, he calls uh, Simon and Andrew at 16 and immediately left. He calls, in verse 20, he calls James and John, immediately they left. Verse 21, and immediately they leave. Verse 28, immediately the news happens. Verse 30, he heals Simon's mother-in-law, and immediately she gets up. And you just keep going on throughout the whole thing. Uh, verse 29, immediately. Sound like your day? One thing after another, after another, after another. Immediately, succession. Jesus' day was no different. In fact, his would be a whole lot harder than ours will ever dream of being. In fact, notice in verse 32. When the evening had come, after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon possessed. And the whole city had gathered at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases, cast up many demons. He was not permitted the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Has his day ended? No. He'd gone all day long, immediately, immediately, immediately. And then they're at the house. 
And he's going to tell how late he's going there. Service. But notice in between his services, because you're going to find in verse 36 he has service again. Notice in verse 35. In the early morning, while it was still dark, he arose and went out and departed to a lonely place and was praying there. Service, solitude, service. Isn't that what we need as well? But what happens is we're so busy, we do service, 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 and then what happens? It reminds me, I think, a lot of our battery for your phone. It'll work for a day. It might work for two days. But if it doesn't get put on the charger, what's going to happen? And how many of us think we're better than our battery in our phone? We're just going to keep serving, 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 and we run out of juice. The solitude, isn't that the same thing you have in Mark chapter 5 and verse 16? Everything's going great in the book of Mark, or Luke. And it said Jesus would often slip away to pray. How did Judas Iscariot know where to find Jesus? It's not a normal place to be in a garden at night. But he was there so often, Judas knew where to find him. But I want you to think about the same thing you have. This is a pattern. Service, solitude, service. Jesus did it. Notice in Mark chapter 6. Notice in verse 7, Jesus is speaking, and he summoned the twelve and began sending them out in pairs and giving them authority over the unclean spirits. So they're going out on service. Notice in verse 30, and the apostles gathered together with Jesus, reported to him all that they had done and taught. Been out on service, they all come back at the designated time. They're all relating all the different things that they're doing. And then notice what happens in verse 31. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a lonely place and rest a while. Service, solitude, and then you'll notice in 32, they go to a lonely place and then the people find them and they go back to service. And it's interesting when you get to 37, Jesus said you need to feed them. And they went and fed the thousands. Service, solitude, service. And they had not got to that part yet to recognize they had the ability to feed them. They did not know how, and they didn't think they could. But Jesus was the source they needed to turn to. But I think it's important you find the same thing for us. What place does service and solitude have in our life? We need both. We're not a monk that sits in solitude all the time. But we're not also a tire that's running on the road all the time. You need service and you need solitude. And I think it's important for us to plan both of those. You do the service, but you need to get away and have a designated time and place to be. So besides this, their sights on our sights need to be on what God wants, which is going to be different than ours, and we really have to pay attention to what He's doing. We also need to have the solitude part. I need to have solitude in order to then to be my battery recharged for service. Notice also silence is something I think is important. Look over in Psalms 46. 
Psalms 46, which is where Martin Luther got his words for his most famous song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And he's an amazing individual. Do you realize he translated the entire Bible into the German language, which became their textbook? And he did it because only a few people. He wanted to get the Bible into everyday man's hands. Up until that time, only the church understood the different languages and could read it. So he did that. He wrote the catechism, the German catechism. So notice, for them to know what to do and how to interpret it. He then also was a songwriter and wrote almost 40 songs. He also composed some of them as well, not only the words. An amazing individual when you think of his life. He was already gone before most of us, you know, in this room at our age now. Of all the different things that he did. But this right here is the text that he used, I think, for the mighty fortresses of God. But I want you to think about the silence is demanded. Notice in verse 1, notice the position. God is our refuge and strength, a present, very present help in time of trouble. Notice the position. What position does God have and what position do you and I have? How many of us have it reversed? It's interesting also, it talks about the refuge as a shelter from danger and, and strength. But it's interesting, the present help in time of trouble is talked about the present help in time of tight places. Any of you in a kind of a tight place right now? But I want you to notice what we need to have in this text. What position does God have? Is He the pilot? Or is He the co-pilot? Or am I a passenger or whatever? If I get on the plane with Norman, there's nothing I can do. And He doesn't want to give it to me either. Yeah, He will. <laughs> <laughs> He'll let you fly. Maybe not land. Yeah. <laughs> But notice the difference. I think it's important. You think about it. But how many of us are getting on the plane and we're telling the Lord how to fly the plane, how to land the plane, how to take off, and we're trying to tell Him everything. And remember, His ways aren't our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. And notice, first of all, the position. Notice the second thing I think that's interesting, talking about the silence is demanded. He had the promise. If He is in the right position, Notice what he tells you. He's a very present time, a help in time of trouble. When we put him where he needs to be, he'll be there to help us. But I want you to look at, notice the possibilities from verse 2 down to verse 9. He talks about even if the mountains disappear, what's the most stable thing in our, when you think about thing around, is a mountain. He's saying no matter how bad it is, mountains disappearing, earthquakes or if maybe it's around you, he talks about war. And Israel and Jerusalem has certainly had its share of people conquering and fighting them all the time. No matter what's happening in nature, no matter what's happening in your personal life, if God is where He needs to be, you will have help. Notice when He says all this about the things around you, God's place, my place, no matter what's going on, Notice what he then tells you in verse 10. Cease striving. <laughs> How many find that really hard? It's a military term to mean quit fighting. How many of us are fighting the Lord? 
Is He really in charge? Does He really know my life? Or am I fighting it all the way because I believe I know better than what He does? He's taking me to places that I do not understand because His ways are not my ways. He wants to make me more Christ-like. Romans 8 says He's going to conform me to the image of His Son. He already tells you what He's going to do. But His ways and how He's getting you there is not necessarily your way. But you and I are, are commanded to see striving. He starts with the position in verse 1. Notice how He ends the same way in verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. He starts with the position that God should have in my life. He starts with the position that I should have. He ends it the same way. How many of us are constantly having to be reminded about this? And it can lead to some fabulous things when you stop and think about it. So you think about it, what's your sight on? When you think about it, my sights, am I really digging in the Word of God? Am I really looking at it? I want to see His thoughts, His ways. It's something I'm going to really have to search for and make it a daily thing. But then I think besides just the sights, like I said before, the second question, am I following His example so far as do I take time for service but then take time for solitude? You think about that uh, with solitude, you had it, and then with silence, it's demanded to cease striving. But then you also had the Time when it comes down, then there is a place for it. Think about it with the with Elijah in First Kings. You remember Elijah? He did all the great service for the Lord. He's weary and he runs from Jezebel in First Kings 19. And God then, you know, he has the, the the storms and all the thunder and all the other things that happen. And then it says that God, when he goes back into the cave with a still, soft voice, speaks to him. So he has silence and solitude. God speaks to him. He then goes back to service again. He has service. Why is it we think we're better than everybody else? Is my sight really on God's ways? And by the way, who did he appoint? I mean, you think about it. Would you have appointed who Elijah was told to appoint? I might have appointed Elisha, but how many of you want to go after Jehu and some of the other things? God's ways are not our ways. But God has a plan. And I think it's important when we look at it. Am I willing to just simply wait? How many of us are so busy? You get in the car, and you got, how many of you are like me? As soon as you get in the car, what's the first thing after the engine starts? What do you do? Ready on? Well, heater? Okay. I figured the heater never got turned off. But, yeah. but you know, we turn on the radio, everywhere we're going, there's noise, 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 noise. And it's very hard to hear the Lord have so much noise. Nothing wrong with the radio. There's a lot of good things out there, but at the same time, we do need the solitude. So is my sight truly really what God wants? The second thing is solitude. I have service and I have solitude. Go back to service, but then I also need silence when I am just simply listening. Is it better to do nothing or is it better to do the wrong thing? You think about it with the trans when Jesus had the uh, transfiguration. Remember, they said, well, "He wants to go build and uh, you know the deals for Elijah and so on." What did he say? 
be still. Listen. I think that's what a lot of us need to do. So think about this week when the simplicity, but now we have solitude and silence. Uh, we're going to have the Lord's uh, Supper, but let me uh, just play you a song here. I'm going to try. <laughs> Remember, this is technology, and you know how I am with electronics. Let's see if I can find it. Here it is. Listen to the Word. I never heard this song. See if you've ever heard it when it comes to the Word of God. Can you all hear it? Written 115 years ago. important for all of us. It's amazing how many songs I can't wait till we get to heaven because I'm wondering, we'll probably be singing songs for eternity and most we probably never heard of them before and all the different things. So think about solid, solitude and silence needed in service. But the Word of God is deep and need to go dig for it. We'd love for you to come and visit with us and fellowship with us. We're located at 8263 North Owasso Expressway, which is on the east side of Highway 169 North, between 76th and 86th Street North. We have coffee and fellowship from 8.30 to 9 Sundays, followed by Sunday school for all ages from 9 to 9.45, and our Sunday morning worship service is from 10 to 11. 
We likewise have a Wednesday night service for all ages from 7 to 8. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, and in every way the Lord be with you all the time.